the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Welcome back to uh, another episode of uh, Winds of Change. I'm your host, Keith McKenzie. I'll be with you uh, for the next half hour. Uh, we have a, an action-packed, uh, loaded Bible study. Um, what we want to do today is we're having our third installment of the Wisdom of the Cross. And today we're going to kind of title this one, uh, Paul Harvey's The Rest of the Story. So without any further ado, I just want to go right into prayer, ask God to, to be here with us today. So we just want to ask him to be present. Father in heaven, we just thank you for... Uh, your blessings that you've given us. We thank you for this country. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to have the freedom just to go ahead and preach your word. So we ask, Lord, that you would bless this time, grant uh, us eyes and ears that we both see and hear what the Spirit has to say to us today. Now, if you have your Bibles and you've followed along the last couple weeks, if not, these shows can be watched anytime uh, on our website, uh, theprophecytrain.com, which you can see right there at the bottom of the screen. Uh, so if you want to catch up, but uh, if you want to be a weekly viewer, I just ask you to get your Bible and read right along with us. And uh, so uh, without any further ado, I have a, a little bit of a joke today that I, I want to kind of ease us into here, kind of at the, uh, the, the flavor of the uh, show today is about uh, God's grace. And, and the rest of the story there with Paul Harvey. Uh, but what we have is um, a lot of us have heard the, the old joke with, uh, you know, the uh, guy dies, he ends up in heaven, and there's Peter at the pearly gates. And, of course, Peter's got questions. But anyway, uh, in, in this story, we have uh, this man, he dies, and he goes to heaven. He's outside of the pearly gates, and, and Peter's got a few questions for him. And uh, so Peter says to, to the man, he says, um, well, why, why should I let you into heaven? And um, so the man responds, well, I, I was a, a fairly wealthy uh, businessman. Uh, I did very well in all of uh, my business ventures, and I was very generous and gave actually millions of dollars to the church. And Peter says, well, you know, it's, it costs you about a million points to get in, and that's good for about 15 points. And the man says, ooh, 15 points. Okay, um, you know, I, I, I fed the hungry and, and the, you know, clothed the naked, and, and I did all these things. And Peter says, yeah, that's good, a point for this and a point for that. And the man goes through this long list of, of things, how he was a civic leader, he did all these things, and he promoted this and that, and he basically was a very uh, moral man and, and did quite well in those areas. And, and Peter looked at the list and he says, well, you know, hey, you're up to about 35, 40 points here. And the guy's like, wow, man. He goes, the only way I'm going to get into heaven is by God's grace. And Peter said, right answer, just go right on in. And that's what today's show is about today. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead. I want to open up to John chapter 3. And one other thing I want to uh, interject in, into the show today is um, the wisdom of the cross. And, and I have a, a, a small quote here I want to read. Now, this 
this quote was from um, a Greek philosopher, uh, Socrates, and he was uh, communicating to uh, Plato around 500 BC, and he says, it may be that the deity can forgive sin, but I don't see how. Now, uh, that's from one of the greatest uh, philosophers uh, of all time who, who, you know, the Bible describes uh, the, the Greek culture that they would come together and discuss all these new things and, and that's what they, they spent their time doing. And, and it was a wonderful culture and, and so much more rich in its language and in philosophy and art and, than, than what we uh, enjoy today. Uh, but the insight very very keen insight is that perhaps deity can forgive sin but he didn't see how and and that's kind of the rest of the story that we're going to talk about today uh and john um you know if you're a football fan or whatever everybody's familiar with john 3:16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son right everybody knows that and, and what I want to do is I want to start a little bit ahead on that and go a little bit behind that so we get the context, come through. We're not just going to isolate one passage, uh, which is very popular today in a lot of ministries, especially ministries that say, you know, God wants to bless you. God wants to do this. That's true. But they, they really don't always give you the rest of the story. They don't uh, preface, you know, that God requires certain action on our part and that's what we're gonna we're gonna get right into it so let's hit this running uh john chapter three it's labeled the new birth and uh i I hope you're blessed by this because this is this is really really critical good stuff and and i hope you're blessed by this there was a man of the pharisees named nicodemus a ruler of the jews and this man came to jesus by night and said to him rabbi we know you are a teacher come from god for no one can do the signs that you do unless god is with him now nicodemus was a uh, a rabbinical leader uh in in the times of jesus and he came to jesus by night because he was afraid because there was already people within his little group of influence and sphere that had already written off Jesus as some kind of, you know, loon. And uh, so, they, but they're, they're waiting for the Messiah. And, you know, so Nicodemus figures, you know, he, he's prompted in his heart. So he wants to talk to Jesus, but he wants to do it, you know, when his brethren can't see him. So not exactly the bravest of characters, but he's afraid he's going to get kicked out of the synagogue. So Jesus answers here in verse 3. He says, and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can a man enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Well, that's a good question. 
And Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water, that's a natural birth, and of the Spirit. Now, that's where the, the whole phrase being born again. Now, I remember when I first heard the, the phrase born again, I, I just thought there were some kind of fruit loops. I had no frame of reference whatsoever what that meant. And, and really what it means is, is God opens you up to the things of the Spirit. Now, the Bible teaches that the carnal mind, which is a mind that is, you know, just worldly, doesn't think about the things of God, doesn't think about the things of the Spirit. It it is just focused on accumulating wealth and, and just pleasing itself. Those are fleshly, carnal desires and and we all have them and that's what we're all born with and but jesus says unless you're born again so that's where that phrase comes from if if you've you've heard it or you wondered about it so he says if one is born of the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of god unless he's born in that spirit that which is born of spirit is spirit and let me back up sorry and that which born of flesh is flesh what i just mentioned and what's born of spirit is spirit and that's all god's work and then jesus says i love this do not marvel or wonder that i said to you you must be born again the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes so is everyone who is born of the spirit Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? And there's this question again. And Jesus said to you, Are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify in what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? <laughs> That's pretty a, a, a big uh, spoonful right there. He just got that. Um, really, Jesus is saying that if we're going to open up, and I'm going to, you know, you're coming to me here at night, and we want to talk, and Jesus circumvents the whole argument. Uh, well, not an argument. Sorry, the, and he just goes right into that. You need to be born again. Because he already knows why Nicodemus is, is approaching him to ask him these questions. And so Jesus gets, cuts right through the chase, boom, gets to the point. I love that. And he, he does that in a lot of his um, you know, teachings and encounters. If, if you notice closely while you watch how Jesus interacts with people, it's um, law to the proud and grace to the humble. And right here... Nicodemus is being, you know, humble before him. He's, he's approaching him. He's not proud and, you know, threatening to throw him off a cliff like a lot of the other Pharisees. He, he comes to him. He's got some questions, and Jesus knows that, and he responds to him in, in a, a flavor of grace. And so he's, he's telling him how to receive more and, you know, be born again. And he says, No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven. Uh, Jesus is speaking there about he, he was the pre-incarnate man. And he came down. God took off his, his you know, kingly and priestly garments and, and descended into and became the, the man, the babe. And 
who would eventually be the Christ child. And so, like we discussed in our, in our first episodes, that uh, the beginning of John starts off, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now, further along, we have the man who is in heaven, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so, and here's verse 16, everybody knows this one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, what are we being saved from? And everybody is quick to jump on John 3.16. Jesus says that we need to be born again. We need to be able to see and perceive. And he's saying, if you don't, if I can't speak to you earthly things, how can I tell you heavenly things? And the plan, God comes down and he says, and whoever believes on him and believes in his name should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And here's Paul Harvey's rest of the story. Verse 18 says, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Now, that's the rest of the story. And Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now, Paul goes through a, a wonderful uh, explanation in Romans, and, and we'll eventually we'll do a whole teaching on Romans. And we're going to be uploading uh, podcasts, which will be audio teachings on, you know, books. We'll, 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 do, we'll do Genesis. We'll do the Gospel of John. We'll do the Book of Romans. And we'll go through these, and they'll be a little more in-depth. Uh, we only have 30 minutes of, of airtime a week. So this will be more or less dedicated to topics in this week, you know, part three of the wisdom of the cross. But Jesus says right here, and I love how, you know, this is just 21 verses, and he pretty much covers God's whole plan. You need to be born again. You need to see the kingdom of God. And why? Because we need to be saved. Saved from what? He's offering us um, the eternal life. God offers us eternal life through him, through those who believed in his name. And, and one thing we, we find going on, um, I watched a, uh, a pastor this week. Uh, he's a wonderful motivational speaker. 
um, I watched him for the better part of a half an hour, and he quoted two two verses of scripture, and they weren't even in the same you know chapters. Um, lovely you know teacher, and this man has the largest church in America. He's a great motivational speaker, but you know what? He's not giving us what we need to be saved. Assuming, and most people aren't. They don't know God's plan of salvation. We have, now we have a a social gospel. We have a, a bless me gospel. And in the next segment, we'll get into a little bit of what is the gospel and the importance of knowing what the gospel is. And what I want you to know is Jesus says, if you don't believe, he goes, you're condemned already. That's why the gift is so extravagant. That's why the gift is is wonderful. Because we're already condemned. Picture it this way, that we're on death row. We're condemned criminals because we've, we've committed crimes against God. That's what a sin is. We, we broke God's law. We've sinned. And we're already in a holding cell, spiritually speaking, all right, condemned. Now, we haven't been convicted yet. You're just in that, you know, like the sheriffs. You're, gonna, you're going to go get arraigned, and then, you know, you'll sit before the judge, and then he'll either, you know, excuse you or whatever. And, and what are you going to bring to God on judgment day? Well, I was a good person. Well, that's not going to cut it. And that's why we have the test. And, and the test uh, is a litmus test to see how we stand not before our fellow man, okay, because we all use different uh, levels of, of what's good and what's bad. Um, so we'll use what God's litmus test is, and, and that'll be towards the end of the show. But God says right here, the Lord Jesus Christ, he says that, you know, we are condemned already. Now let's go ahead and advance right over to here and and if God is merciful and he is okay so it's good news but how can a, a merciful God if he's righteous and he is how does God's mercy let the condemned criminal go when his justice and his righteousness demands justice that's where the wisdom of the cross comes in. God, in his infinite wisdom, became not only the just, but the justifier of all those who will believe in him. Now, let's scoot over to Romans chapter 3, all right? And the Apostle Paul, right here, he spends the uh, better part of the first three chapters up to here, up to chapter 3, all right, establishing the, uh, the moral man's need for God, the immoral or the pagan man's need for God. 
And then the righteous man's need, or in his case, the uh, religious Jew, who was very strict and very orderly in trying to keep the law. All right? So in in Romans uh, chapter 3, verse 10, we'll start right off. And, and, And Paul here, he builds this case up, and then he says right here, he says, What then? Are we better than they? Not at all, for we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks, that's all people, they're all under sin, as it is written. Now he's quoting from one of the Old Testament prophets. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. This sounds rough here, but let's, let's get through because it gets better. It says, with their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, that's what he's saying, a synopsis of mankind. Now, if you have anything good, that's from God. And, and, and that's a gift from God. And it's all God's goodness. All right? But he says that none of us seek him. And, and, and if we do, then that's because God stirred us. And I thank God he stirred me. And it says in verse 19, continuing, says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. And all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Now, when my dad was a young man, and before he had his family, he was stationed on the East Coast. And as he drove across the West Coast, he got into the the flatlands out in like Nevada, and there was no speed limit. And he was able to speed, go as fast as he wanted. He did, uh, he told me he was doing triple digits for over hundreds of miles, you know, and they were, they were able to do that. And it was lawful because there was no law put there. But if you did that now, all right, let's, let's use an extreme example. All right, you, you go through a neighborhood uh, that's been set aside. They've posted a sign. There was 10 warning signs, like the Ten Commandments, all right, saying, you know, slow down, speed limit's 25 miles an hour, and you did 50. You just went right through there, total disregard, right through this neighborhood, and in that neighborhood was, you know, blind children, all right? And so now you're in transgression of the law. Okay, and that's it's a crude example, but it goes to show you that without the law, there's no transgression. But the law, God's law, was, is like a mirror to show us our our need, that to show us um, how sinful we are. All right, and and we're just sinners by nature. Okay, that's our natural state, and you know, take the test at the end of the show. 
So it says, No flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Verse 21, But now the righteousness of God, and I love this, apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And this is, this is I want you to understand this. We are being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood. Now that propitiation is, is God procured. He paid for us. He, uh, he didn't have to. He wanted to. He, like Adam, when we discussed how Adam willingly entered into sin to be with Eve because of her predicament. All right? And God, through his son Jesus Christ, willingly enters into humanity, fulfills God's righteous requirements of the law, and then he offers that to us freely. That's how he can justify sinful man and... and freely by his grace through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins previously committed and I always say this to, to people that um, if they're struggling with sin I uh, and, and you know they're a Christian and, and say you're a Christian and, and you, you blew it you sinned okay and, and you're feeling bad about that um, I say, well, how many of your sins were yet future when Christ died for you? All of them. That's right, all of them. So in God's mind and in his wisdom, he paid in full. That's Palestine. Paid in full. Our entire sin debt. All right? And, and in the Greek, it's a continuing action. All right, we're being saved. All right, we are saved. And we continue to be saved. All right, we don't have time to, to get into that. And, and in verse uh, 15, um, it's, it's 27, sorry. It says, where is boasting then? It is excluded by with what law of works? No, but the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that man is justified by faith, apart from the deeds of the law. Now, here it is. God, in his infinite wisdom and grace, and we can't even begin to understand the, the preciousness of God's shed blood on that cross. For us to do anything to earn salvation, is a slap in the face. Because if we could do anything to earn God's grace or favor, then, then that would be work. And by that work, we would, at that point, we would 
God would be in debt to us. And that's not God's plan. So we work by grace. Now, I want to give you an opportunity to receive the precious gift purchased on Calvary's cross by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now, if you say this, you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, shed his precious blood in fulfillment of the scriptures, was raised again on the third day to cleanse you of your sins. Say, come into my life, Jesus. Cleanse me of my sins. Forgive me. Make me yours. Teach me your ways. He'll come in. Pick up a Bible. Start reading. Check back with us next week. May God richly bless you as you continue to know him.